I, uh, as, as long as it's not imported from East Palestine, Ohio these days, that's good. Dundalk is a plus now. Dundalk's a plus now, bro. Yeah, yeah. I'm just letting you know, man. We only, only the finest at those Point Tavern. <laughs> I love it, dude. I got to admit, uh, we thought we were recording the beginning of this call. We are officially recording now. Just one more time for the people listening. We're on the line with Fells Point Tavern, the Cinderella men of the tournament so far. Going on to the Elite Eight. Uh, congratulations on that W, dude. Uh, I will be DMing you uh, soon with the details. We're putting out the brackets tomorrow. And I guess I'm just going to have to find out in the DMs what night you're working so I can come down there and ask for a water bomb and not be looked at like a maniac from somebody that doesn't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's all good. We all know we, uh, I train the staff into making the finest water bombs. <laughs> I'm, I'm eight days a week, only eight days right now. So if you come in there, I'll be here, brother man. Okay, only eight days. <laughs> you put a little respect on this point, Tavern. You know, Put some respect on FPT, baby. Hey, FPT, baby. You know, you know, you know. <laughs> Let me get some water bomb shaking, not stirred, baby. I'll see you this week, man. On Tuesday, brother, man. I love it, man. Hey, uh, Elite Eight matchups coming up uh, this Thursday, March thirtieth. You guys got El Buffalo. How you feel about that? How you feel? Hey, hey, man. Listen, listen. Say we're gonna be humble. Just we're, we're gonna be ready. If you stay ready, you don't gotta get ready. El Buffalo. We're going for that final four, man. Ooh, you stay Ooh. ready. You don't got to get ready. I love that saying. I absolutely love it. I don't know if El Buffalo has sayings like that, dude. Do you think they got sayings like that? You think they got to get translated or some shit? <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm going to need that on a Fells Point Tavern t-shirt, dude. Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. I like that. <laughs> what is that? DHJ. DHJ. What's that? Dry hand jobs, baby. Ooh, <laughs> nothing like a dry hand job. Exactly, exactly. We got water bombs on the front, DHJs on the side, <laughs> and an inspirational quote on the back. That's that's a recipe to a good Elite Eight, man. Thanks for calling. Perfect timing. As always, Fells Point Tavern is always right on time, baby. I'll see you this week for them water bombs, brother. Keep it real. Tuesday, my man. All right, brother. Peace. Peace. Live correspondence down from Fells Point Tavern after their ginormous victory. Yeah, we're reporting live. <laughs> we're reporting live from Fells Point Tavern. Was that not uh was that not God? Dude? That was timing. That was unbelievable, man. Uh shouts out. I want uh I, we should say it. I'm Jimmy Seleski. I'm Eric Glazer. Welcome uh, to live from the studio. Coming at you live from the studio. Um we just concluded what was honestly, and I'm not just saying this for dramatic effect. I know a lot of people, uh, they they see the type ups that I make, where I I make the tournament seem really dramatic, really yeah. dramatic. I think it's part of the the flair, you it's know. Part of the fun. You give people, you make it seem like it's every every day is ESPN classic. Yeah. You know, but this, uh, truly, true, and the thing that I should also include that. I legitimately am that into it. Like I, I literally watch the polls like I watch like a, a March Madness game. Like I'll, I'll like pull up the polls, see like a certain bar is like twenty votes behind. Mm-hmm. Pull it up again and see them one vote in the lead, and I will audibly go, "Oh!" <laughs> like I get fucking pumped, dude. It's, it's, it's dope. It really is dope. But this round specifically. Has got to be uh, one for the fucking ages, man. Two of the uh, eight matchups were decided by 
less than 10 votes out of wow. 2,000. Yeah. T- thousands of votes per poll here. Um, El Buffalo pulled off an amazing come from behind dub over Rockwell. Now, anybody who listened to the last episode knows that um, we filled out our LFTS bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, you also filled out your own bracket correct uh, and i'm sure i am dead last uh luckily for you your boss yeah <laughs> also filled out a bracket <laughs> and is really holding on strong to that last place spot <laughs> what's funny is if you would have simply taken the opposite of everything joey took you would maybe be winning my money <laughs> mm. But uh, no, yours isn't doing too bad, honestly. The LFTS bracket is not doing great. Um, my mystery bracket is in the running, but it is still really a toss-up. Yeah. No, there's been some major upsets. Yeah, I've I, I've had some. Accus- a lot of the big hitters that we thought were going to sweep the competition just didn't even try to compete. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start there because that's kind of you know I keep forgetting we we really haven't. Been yeah, on the in, air. Yeah, I was in Georgia all last week. Yeah, so we haven't got to catch up. Uh, make sure we are we are on. That's a good that's a good thing. And we're live. And we're live. Uh, first and foremost, Das Beer Hall, the returning champions. Honorably, you know, it, it, you have to think about it this way. Um, I kind of see where they're at now. They. When I DM them, because I felt like after they they chose, I guess not to participate this year. Mm-hmm. They chose not to share. Um, last year they really did go out. I when they first said that, I was thinking like, oh, I like I I'm congratulations on opening up your new location. That's sweet. They're opening up a new place in Bel Air. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of thinking like, you're too busy to share a post to your story. That was my first thought. And then I thought, like, well, no, actually, last year they were like making posts. They fucking, were all about it. You know it what last I mean? Year. And it's it, it is kind of hard to go back into it a second time when, uh, like, I try to put myself in their position and be like, do we really want to like go all out again and yeah. then like and you just know. win again? Yeah, perhaps win do again. Do we want to have them have a show at our bar again this year? That. I, I would imagine, unfortunately, that that was probably the main thing. <laughs> as much as I didn't want to say that, I would imagine that's got to be the main thing. That's got to be the main reason. <laughs> um, but uh, all that aside, you know, that my, my thought was kind of thinking like, yeah, like, Totally, they might want to play it cool and maybe do like an every other year thing where like mm-hmm. every other year we'll go in, let's let the the competition get mixed up a little bit. That way it's not because it, it's it's kind of boring for everybody. Yeah, the if same the place same wins. bar wins every year. But then again, I thought that going into last year's bracket, I was as much as I love backyard for the sake of the bracket, for the sake of the pod, I was a little nervous that backyard was just going to just run through the competition again Mm -hmm. in which case at a certain point it becomes stupid because it's like okay the same bar wins every year yeah nobody ever else has a chance and it's like all right but then backyard trying their damnedest wound up getting taken out by das beer hall who decided to participate and the reality is with bars especially these aren't Corp- these aren't like uh you know 
like a McCormick job where you're working there for 50 years, there's a lot of turnover in bars. Yeah. And there's a lot of turnover in who's running your social media accounts at any given time. And so probably a lot of the same people that were running the socials last year, you know, a lot of times it's the owner, but a lot of times they just get like, some yeah, one of their bartenders. Yeah, like, hey, that's can always take... on their phone. Yeah, like you're so way like, hey, better. Why don't you Instagram? actually just do our Instagram? Then. Exactly. They're like, well, you're texting while we're busy, so you might as well be posting this bar bracket. You know. Yeah. So it's like every year the competition does kind of shift up because so much of it is about your ability to engage with people. You mm-hmm. know, and so there is really no telling who may have come out of the woodworks to beat out DOS if they did decide to participate, you know? Like, right now, you know, at first I'm thinking, like, all right, Rodos took out DOS in the first round. Rodos is the lowest overall seed in the tournament because they yeah, went I've up like against the number one seed. It, to be honest. They are uh, very Greek, I've realized. Mm. All their bartenders, I'm Greek too, if you can tell by the mustache, which is growing in, baby. <laughs> uh and uh, I, I, I knew they were like a Greek bar, but I didn't realize they were like, yo, coming Saturday night for Greek Independence Day. It's Greek music all night bar. Mm. I was like, that's pretty fucking Greek. That's Greek I can't eat. Like, that's, what are you guys playing, bazooki all night? That's wild. <laughs> that is wild. Um, and so they take out Das, and at first I'm thinking like, oh, wow, okay. Das decided to sit this year out. Respectable. Um, they'll probably get knocked out in the next round. Nope. Then I'm thinking Sweet 16, they're going up against Smaltimore. Blue Agave also didn't share. Rodos kind of eked by Blue Agave in round two. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking like, all right, Smaltimore is sharing. So there's probably they're probably going to get, this is probably it for them. Not that I'm rooting against them, but I'm just thinking in terms of like my bracket, my money. Yeah, I'm thinking like they got to lose at some point. Not that I, I want you to lose it. At this point, my bracket, whatever, dude, I'm fucking I'm here for it. I'm here for this run. <laughs> but like uh, they just keep doing it. They just keep doing it. So it's like, OK, you could say that them beating DOS was a fluke, but they keep winning. Yeah. And now like they're a the, Cinderella story at this point. It is. Then there's a lot of them. And like, OK, so. Um, you know, in that same part of the bracket, you have Admiral's Cup, uh, who is, you know, now that we're finally down to eight people left, eight bars left, I think we're in a, a better position, obviously, to discuss the true front runners in this. Mm-hmm. I think Admiral's is really, really up there as someone that can take the cake this nah, year. Yeah. Admiral's Cup is super strong. They, I mean, I went in but there... apparently so is Rodos. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And again, this could be another situation where I kind of like, every round I kind of count Rodos out and every round they surprise me. And so this could be a situation where like, you know, Admiral's is what, what I like to call here in the bracket business a one-sharer. They're a mm. one-sharer. They're always good for the share within the first 30 minutes of the poll, but they don't really pay attention to it after. Now, that could change if they're in a close race, but they haven't been in a close race. They won their first matchup like 80% to 20%. I think they won their most recent one, 76-24. Their closest one was this round, obviously, as the competition stiffens, and they still took the biggest uh, mismatch of the round, which is 60-40 which is pretty fucking good yeah. over uh, McGurk's, which is not no fucking slouch, you know? Um, so Admirals is a major front runner. Another one, another upset that I feel like we kind of need to talk about here uh, is PBR. 
Yeah. I mean, PBR has busted everyone's bracket. There is, I, I have access to all the brackets. We had 93 submissions. It's not bad. Uh, one of them was mine. One of them was yours. One of them was a podcast uh, about maybe eight or nine more were our friends. Mm-hmm. And the other 80 were, I don't know who they are. So people are just submitting shit, yeah. you know? And I'm looking at everyone's bracket because I don't want to lose my $100. I'm going through the math here. I'm going like, all right, what's happening? What's going on? What has to happen in this next round for me to stay in the race? How to keep can my I money? rig this? How can I rig this? Who do I have to DM? Who can I pay off to not pay this $100? I'll pay $40, but not $100. <laughs> and uh, nobody, nobody had PBR. Mm. They have been in the bracket since yeah, we started. PBR is like... It's so, like, isolated in the city. I never really even think about it. But They're I guess in, a lot of people fuck with PBR. It The past few times... I've played there when it hasn't been packed. Uh, I've also been there when it was, like, unbelievably packed. That is the nature of Power Plant, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, Power Plant is either dead or it's the most bombarded place you've ever seen in your life. There's really no in-between for Power Plant. Yeah. It's either completely nothing's happening or everything's happening. And... You know, Underground Pizza, shouts out to Evan Weinstein. You guys put up some solid numbers against Zenden in the first round. That was sweet. Unfortunately, the way the brackets worked out, I don't know who to blame for that. Uh, <laughs> but you wound up against the point fells in round two, and that's just a tough Ooh. one. Yeah, that's they, a low blow. They are another one who just consistently, their run always ends in a heartbreaker. They were the other match that was decided by less than 10 votes. Last year, they lost to Wayward by one vote. It was like 990 to 989, like something preposterous. Uh, this year, they lost to SoPro, who isn't even sharing it. Yeah. How are they doing it? I, I can't know. even tag them. There's a couple of spots like that that are just like zooming through the competition without even blinking an eye. Well, I found out that uh, Blue Agave and SoPro are the same ownership. Mm. same as nola which wasn't in the bracket um and i guess both of their ins- I, I guess the same people run both all those instagram accounts and they have their settings for whatever reason so that you can't tag or we can't tag them i don't know if yeah. it's just us or it's probably like if they follow us then we could probably tag them true that could be the but, thing yeah um and so they managed to eke by the point fells by like 10 votes nine votes or something like that without even sharing so i mean that's that's just to me that's that's clout yeah like that many and 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 here's the other cool thing about this year is we are getting more traffic thank god you know you want to you want to see that you're growing every year we're getting more traffic this year than ever before and what happens with that is um the bar's individual social media presence counts for less and less and then it starts to come much more down to just look. If you're having uh, two thousand people coming through the polls, like you might be able to get a couple hundred votes here and there from your social media following, but most of those people voting in this poll are just legitimately just saying which bar do I like more. Yeah, for so sure. So you wind up with a more on, honest turnout, and so that's why I just find it interesting that we're here in the elite eight. Neither of the previous two champions are in the mix, and uh, you know. Some other Baltimore bar is going to be the lucky receivers of the booze belt bash this year. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's run down these bars real quick. Who do we got in the Elite Eight right now? Uh, the Elite Eight matchups are Rodos versus Admiral's Cup. 
in the uh, I don't have like names for the regions. That's yeah, the so upper left bracket, upper left region. Uh, bottom left corner, we got our boys, the horse in mm-hmm. Fells, the horse you came in on, going up against Banditos. Uh, Banditos. Now Banditos. They only are, Federal Hill. Not they are the, the new thousand one. You notice that too. They are the only. Oh, I thought you were saying. I was going to say not only is that just the Federal Hill location, but they are the only Fed Hill bar still in the mix, mm-hmm. which is a major turnaround from last year where Fed actually won the regional standings, which nobody but myself cares about because I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> but, I technically made all of this up. <laughs> technically, yes. But some things are more made up than others. Yeah. And the regional thing is the most made up thing because no one cares about that. Like All the bars care about the bracket. All the people that submitted their links care about the the poll standings, mm-hmm. and only I <laughs> care about <laughs> the regional standings. <laughs> it's only me. <laughs> but Fed Hill won last year, and I I just think that's a cool thing to kind of put in there because it's like, you know, whatever. Like you can still root for your neighborhood, and there's still some investment to be like, okay, like my favorite bar didn't win, but I'm still rooting for Towson, or I'm still rooting for Fells or Canton or whatever. So. Uh, yeah, it's Banditos fed, Fed's last stand against the horse. Banditos has not been as dominant this year as they were last year. They made it to the Final Four last year. They pretty much just dominated the competition. They lost a very tight match uh, to El Buffalo uh, when El Buffalo went to the finals. Mm-hmm. But they were really one of the powerhouses coming in this year. You think and- they're just spread thin now? I don't know what it might be. It could be that. It could be the location thing, but I don't know. I mean, I think that, like, we observe it in our regular lives, uh, just going out and seeing how, like, different bars go in peaks and valleys of, like, poppiness. You know, we talk about Towson all the time, how CVP was the coolest bar in Towson. We were 21. And then now at this point, I would say they're kind of like in an all-time low in terms of popularity. And then the beauty of that is, who knows, at some point they might come back up and be one of the coolest bars again. It's just kind of the way shit works. Shit goes in cycles, especially in Towson. You get a new group of kids every four years, and like mm. that kind of defines the culture of Towson for those four years, honestly. Yeah. Um. So, But that goes the same. You know, at Fed Hill's not much different because it's like, you know, all those kids that just graduated from Towson just moved to Fed, and now that generation of ex-Towson graduates is now going to determine who's the coolest bars in Fed. I'm not saying that uh, Banditos has fallen off at all. I'm just making an observation um, that this bracket does kind of allow you to kind of see like that shit does kind of change year to year. Mm-hmm. It's not so as much as I want to be able to not as as much as someone could sit here and say you know going back to the whole DOS situation. Oh well, you know. Uh, they just chose not to share. It's like, well, Southern Provisions didn't share, and they're in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Colada, they're coming up right against uh, PBR, who's been sharing up a storm. Yeah, they've been sharing up a storm. Now, the thing with PBR, I got to say, and this is no shade to PBR, mm-hmm. I noticed PBR Atlanta shared the post, mm. and there's a part of me that's kind of thinking like, It, it's not yeah, against the like, rules. Yeah, but there should be some sort of like geofencing for the yeah, voting. That's a good point. I wonder. But I don't if know that's if that's possible. even possible. Yeah, but then it's like you think about like okay, Scott's in L.A. Mm-hmm. 
he but he's a Baltimore guy. Could he not vote in the bracket? Like he knows these bars. But at the same time, it's like, you know, if we want to get really if we want to really make this what it needs to be. Yeah, we maybe need, you like, need your voter certificate. Maybe you need. To- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need to verify all these accounts. Or, we need to fucking uh, Instagram red, orange, and black, dude. Yeah, or you need to request your mail-in ballots. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And then I think the last in the Elite Eight is Fells Point Tavern versus El Buffalo. Oh, before we get to that, I just want to say, uh, just with regards to Wayward. Um, who lost to PBR last round. That was another one, apparently the same owners from Banditos. Mm. That was another Final Four uh, finalist last year. And, I mean, that was another one that I was just on the edge of my seat the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't believe it. I really did not think PBR had the gumption to take out Wayward. I thought Wayward was too much of a juggernaut. And it was PBR took a jump from the lead. But those early jumps can be deceiving because PBR has a lot of social push. Mm-hmm. So they get the, they got like a 100-vote jump on Wayward for like the first two hours, three hours on the Friday night. And I was like, oh. I woke up the next morning, and then Wayward was in the lead. It looked like a pretty decisive lead. And I was just thinking like, all right, so things have kind of settled out, and it looks like Wayward's just going to run away with this. And like, then I open up my fucking, I open up my thing at 5.30 8 p.m. driving down to my gig in Gaithersburg, and PBR is just taking it away. Same thing with Fells Point Tavern. Fells Point Tavern, moving on, uh, up against El Buffalo. Fells Point Tavern has pulled come from behind upsets the past two rounds. This is actually the first round where they were winning the whole time, and that was against the 2021 champ, Backyard. Yeah. Like, they're opening round. They think it's an upset. I don't call it an upset because I'm the person who seated the goddamn thing. <laughs> and they I don't put seating numbers in the thing because I feel like it's unnecessary and misleading. Uh, but I do arrange this bracket based off of, you know, my general idea of how you're going to perform. Plus, at this point, two years of previous performance. Mm-hmm. We have a pretty decent idea of where every bar kind of shakes out. Obviously not good enough, but we have a decent idea, which is what makes it fun. And I think their first... Uh, take out i can't even remember who they took out first round do you have any hmm. i can pull up the bracket real take quick. out first round let's see everyone pull up your brackets everyone and follow along uh they're up against pickles oh pickles okay so this is also a good time to shout out pickles too i'm glad i'm glad we actually decided to look at that pickles now, okay, Pickles, this was their first year in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, last year, it was one of those moments. Every year, there's one bar that gets thrown at, at at us that's like, yo, why isn't this bar in there? And I'm like, oh, I thought that, you know, they close at 11, and it turns out that that's just their Google hours wrong. This year, that was Snake Hill. Last year, it was Pickles. And so I was like, damn, that's a good one. Like, Pickles is a classic mm-hmm. bar. So they're definitely going in this year. I didn't really know where to see them, though, because I'm thinking, like, they are a Baltimore, like a legendary place. But at the same time, they don't really have that powerful of an Instagram presence. And they're not really in a district. Yeah, I just have them in the downtown district. Yeah. I have Power Plant, Harbor East, and Pickles, which is like Cannon Yards, I guess, if you want to call it something. Otter Bean, maybe. Um, I have that all in like the downtown. Yeah. Whatever. And... uh so yeah, those things, but so I just kind of threw them like in the middle of the pack because I was like, I don't want to put them as a last seed. 
and then have them go up against one of the power players in the first round. And then it turns out that they're actually a powerhouse. And then they knock out one of the best bars in the first round because that's not fun. I was like, let's put them right in the middle of the pack so that if they do wind up shocking everybody, it doesn't wind up taking out the best bars first. Yeah, you know, So I kind of sure. put them right in the middle of the pack. I had Fells Point Tavern on the upper half of that. And I had Pickles on the bottom half of that. And Fells Point Tavern barely won that. And at first I was thinking like, okay, so I guess that's a fine matchup, like whatever. But now I'm looking at it and Fells Point Tavern is in the Elite Eight and I'm thinking, damn, Pickles did pretty fucking well against them. They are definitely a contender for like a top 16 seed next year. Yeah, for you sure. Know? So I told them that. They might need a fair shake Which on I'm, the bracket next time. Yeah, I always give them like way too many details. Like I'm like, dude, next year <laughs> I'm thinking this seat, like they're like, what are you talking about? You're like, I'm just spitballing here, man. <laughs> just thinking out loud. You thinking know? out loud in your DMs. <laughs> <laughs> thinking in your DMs. I'm using this as my Google notepad. Your DMs. <laughs> just song lyrics and fucking podcast memos. topics. <laughs> To the voicemail, so shouts out to Pickles and you know the last Elite Eight matchup, um, Fells Point Tavern and El Buffalo. El Buffalo, of course, returning runner up from last year's bracket. El Buffalo, that was a tight one, dude. I think dude, they should won. Have been, it should have been PBR versus El Buffalo. It could be. That would have been a crazy It could be in the matchup, final four. Dude. Bull riding versus the bull. Ooh, I like That's that, a great dude. matchup. It, hey, if it, it the cards are stacked in a way that that could be our final four matchup. If PBR beats Sopro and El Boof beats Fells Point Tavern, there's your final four, dude. Bull versus Buff. How you yeah. like it? How you like me now? How you like me now? Um... Yeah, dude, they barely skated by with that. Rockwell was winning basically the whole time. Yeah, and then again, this is the this is the magic of the of the fucking bar classic, baby. You never know what's gonna happen. You never know what bartender who has a thousand thirsty guy followers that she just decides to like post a story and go, hey. Make sure you vote for El Buff. And in one hour, every fucking subscriber is just like, yes, 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 El Buff. And then boom. Sometimes you got to deploy. Sometimes you got to deploy. It's Simp Army, dude. (laughs) You got to deploy people, you know. Um, The Simp Army. (laughs) (laughs) The fighting simps. (laughs) So, I mean, it's, it's fun for everybody, dude. Aaron Faust, I don't know who you are. I don't know where you're from. Well, you're not getting my money. Who am I looking at? I'm looking at the fucking Santa Claus over there. <laughs> you're not getting my, my fucking money. I mean, you might. You might. Uh, what is what does Aaron have as the final? Um, if you don't know off the top of your head, that's fine. You know, it would be cooler if I didn't. <laughs> the sad truth is i do the sad truth is she has 56 points and that's after calculating in my head how many points she just earned at the end of this round um i think she has 56 i think i have 55 mm. uh and that's not for your your secret for my secret your identity secret. yeah i said i think i don't know 
hundred percent. A hundred percent. You're 99.9% I am. sure. I don't know who I am, but I do Did know. Did you include yourself on the, the bracket running? Perhaps. Ooh. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I know who you are then. <laughs> It could I be. I won't reveal it though. It could be anybody. Yeah, you're. You obviously are Zach Stoller. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I could be Zach Stoller. <laughs> this is one of those jokes that's only funny to four people. <laughs> yeah, so half of our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's surprisingly funny to a lot of people. Um. Yeah, I am. I am in the mix. I could be anybody. I'm not going to divulge who I am. Uh, I will say that I have been accused of being Aaron Faust, though. Mm. I've been accused of being Aaron Faust by people that are close to us, and I think wow. that in reality, I think they're just salty that they fell out of the top five, Dan and Marissa. Damn. And I think that now that they've fallen out of the top five, they're l- lunging baseless accusations at me. Hey, you know, don't aim for the throne unless you want to get the fucking crown... Aaron Faust has the crown at the moment. We'll face. see how it shakes out. We'll see how it shakes out. Other than that, I mean, in terms of regional standings, this this segment's for me. Fell's Point, they're taking in the cake this year. Fell's Point is strong this year. It's it's ridiculous. I don't know how they're doing and I'm, it. And I'm glad the city is is rising up. The city, you know, the city's been knocked out the last couple of bar brackets. That the, is true. The winners have been... You know, over the county line. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, uh, Barley's backyard, Towson, first year. Mm-hmm. Das Beer Hall last year. Yep, and now there are officially no county bars in the mix. Yeah, how does that make me feel? I mean, it makes me feel great as a Baltimore City resident. That's true. <laughs> and as a guy who lives one mile up the road from you, it makes me feel like absolute shit. Man, <laughs> <laughs> mm. but shit is heating up. Shit is heating up in the bracket space. It absolutely is. It's. I saw yesterday we had like... I think at one point, like an hour or two after the votes started going out... We had like 40 plus mentions. Oh, yeah. And that's just story mentions. That's not counting how many times those were those stories were DM'd to people and yeah, things or like posted that. or whatever. Yep. yep. I was just like, damn, people are fucking active out in here. You can always tell how much traffic is happening based off of how many people vote for the bar in the comment section of the post. Yeah. Because I would say 1% <laughs> of people. Of the, most of those people aren't even voting. Yeah. I They're just commenting their vote like we're going to tally that shit up. Exactly. And I do my best to, to reply to each of those and be like, click on the story. Yeah. But I mean, come on, man. What am I? Goddamn bot? Autobots? Let's roll. Just fucking auto reply to every comment. I'm just going to start replying to every comment like that. Yeah. <laughs> Even stuff that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> that might be a safer play. Um, in other news, Baltimore news, uh, this headline just popped off the other day. Uh, perhaps I would even be willing to say a bigger story than the Baltimore bar bracket. Unfathomable. Some would debate me on that. Uh, I would. I think you Nothing is bigger than the bar bracket. <laughs> but I think it may be a safe guess to suggest that uh, Lamar Jackson announcing 
that he has requested a trade. That's pretty big news. That's big news, but I don't know. The way people fucking have been fighting over these bar brackets, you'd think <laughs> our sh- news was fucking 10 million times more you know, important. You would think that. You would think that. Depending on who you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> these are competing headlines. Uh, look, you know, I hate to say I told you so. I also hate to lie, and therefore I'm going to say I love to say I told you so. <laughs> Go back in the backlogs, folks. Check out episode whatever a couple months ago, right before the playoff game or right after the playoff game. Uh, I've been shouting out into the ether for quite some time at this point that the writing was on the wall. Oh, yeah. Lamar was not going to be here. It's called just reading the room. Just look, just, just sense it out a little bit. And, uh, I got in a lot of um, contested debates with people about that, uh, which, you know, whatever. I, I'm not surprised by this, obviously, mm-hmm. and I am not upset about it. Just like I said months ago, I'm not upset about it. I think it was bound to happen. I still stand by what I said. I think that the way that Lamar handled this process was... Uh, Lucas Mosca put it the best, a disgrace. It was a disgrace. I just, I think, um, I just think he's still so green and he thought he would be able to just fucking get the money without a legit manager, get the money without a legit agent, all that shit. Mm -hmm. Like just because he didn't want to have to pay whatever the 10%, 15% on top of whatever he was getting. Yeah. And he just thought it was an automatic given. And he like held out because he was like, no way they're not going to go with me. No way they're not going to go with me. I, okay, I look at it from a, from a business perspective, I understand it. Because, for instance, if I was playing at a bar and uh, that, I found out that that bar was paying another band substantially more than they were paying me there would be kind of a i guess a pride thing but also a business thing to be like well you know like look at what i've done look at what we've done and why are you saying that we're not worthy of this money when this other band is that would be a thought that would cross my mind absolutely I guess that metaphor kind of goes to the wayside when you consider that in reality, it's kind of like if I noticed that a bar was paying me a certain amount and then I noticed that another bar was paying another band a certain amount and then I was like, you got to pay me that amount now. And it's like, well, we're not them, you know? And it's like, I guess that's probably the more accurate metaphor realistically because obviously no one else has offered him the amount of money that he wants. Mm -hmm. And so obviously there's a mismatch between what he thinks he's worth and what the market thinks he's worth. And that doesn't mean the market is correct, but I, so when it comes to that aspect of the whole conversation. Yeah. Cause a lot of people speculating that they're trying to like keep overall pay down for mm-hmm. players like they're they're trying to make it the, the 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 team owners are trying to brigade and keep salaries down 
Yeah. Which Absolute. is like, yeah, I'm sure they are. That's how everything works. When you go to the store and you see the same fucking charger at one store is $5 less than another store, you're going to probably, every everybody wants to say, and now think about 50 million. Yeah. You know, you might want to sit down and think about it when you're dealing with $50 million, you know? It's not like they're just giving it away like fucking candy. These athletes are getting paid a tremendous amount. Um, but I also don't agree with people that are like, oh, what, you can't take 250 because, you know, there's people that are barely making minimum wage. It's like, okay, well, that's not a fair comparison either because if that's what he's worth, that's what he's worth. My issue has never been with his request for money. My issue has only ever been with the people that insist that he is a leader uh, in that none of the conduct, none of the way he handled the situation was was exemplary of what I would consider to be a leader. If he was in these... And to be fair, I don't think he was ever like, you know, he was always being positive. He was always, you know, I don't know. He was kind of dick teasing. He was dick teasing the whole town of Baltimore. And that's what I don't like because it's like, dude, first of all, we have as a city, and there's been critics, including myself, but overall, as a city, Lamar Jackson has been one of the most beloved players, one of the most fanfared players that that Baltimore has ever had. This the city has been has had his back. We're constantly, you know, pulling for him, vouching for him, making excuses for him at, at points. Um, and it just kind of seemed disrespectful from my perspective, from a fan's perspective, that A, obviously, uh, it was not a good look for him to not even show up to a playoff game. I thought that was a really bad look. Uh, and it was an even worse look to not even address it or anything for three months after the season. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's like you can have your negotiations, you can have your discussion about you know, how much money you want for next season, that's all well and good. But I don't see how that stops you from saying, hey, shouts out to Huntley for making the Pro Bowl, even though that's kind of, at this point, the Pro Bowl is kind of a fucking joke, which is a whole other thing. But like, shouts out to to my guys for putting on a fucking good effort. Like, we barely lost that game. The Bengals are one of the best teams, obviously in our division, but in our conference. And like, we we probably would have won that game if it weren't for the most ridiculous, like unlikely fumble on the goal line where it was like, we were literally one foot away from a touchdown and then fumbled it. And I think they like ran it back for a touchdown the other way or something like that, where they wound up scoring a touchdown. Like it was this ridiculous play that wound up costing us that game. And like, we really did outperform everyone's expectations. Nobody was counting us in, including Baltimore Ravens fans really nobody was counting us in that game and we kind of proved that like we could compete without Lamar now we probably would have won that game with Lamar maybe I don't know but it just I didn't like the fact that he just kind of bowed out of the whole thing and just said all right I'm injured I'm not showing up to the playoffs I'm not gonna say shit until my contract's figured out it's like all right man like I don't see how the two have to do with each other. I don't see like what your relationship with the Ravens organization necessarily has to do with your relationship with the city of Baltimore. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can have your negotiations with the Ravens and still be present for the fans. It just kind of at a certain point seemed ridiculous when like all these fans are constantly you see these articles, these fucking uh clickbaity articles that would hey, pop people up. People were like writing fan fiction of like why he's like he's actually the real reason why he's not talking right now is because he's they're about to sign the contract. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to keep it a surprise. And he, Lamar would never do that to Baltimore. So um I'm gonna keep my jersey on. I'm gonna keep I'm not gonna shower. <laughs> he actually uh looked at me one time and I never showered after that because I just wanna have his gaze on me for the rest of my life. <laughs> Don't wanna wash off that gaze. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just it's 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 a sad I guess for the city, some people. For some people it's a sad moment, but you know, look, at the end of the day, these are these these are these moments when you realize ultimately this sport, just like everything else, is a business and the decisions are made based on business. And no matter how much you want to believe that a player rides for your city and this, that, the third, at the end of the day, uh it's what they do for a living and they're going to take the opportunity to make the most money possible. The whole conversation over whether or not Lamar is worth the amount that he thinks he's worth, my personal opinion is not quite, but that's irrelevant because my personal opinion doesn't really matter in that regard. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about when it comes to football any more than any other person does. I'm not going to pretend I do. The only opinion that I think has any weight that I hold is what I said about the way he conducted himself because I don't think that you need to be an NFL football player or on the team or any of those things to discuss someone's uh, like relation with the public, mm-hmm. you know? And I just thought it was, uh, if I was a Lamar Stan, like a true Stan, like loved everything he did, I have to wonder like at what point, if ever, did you ever start to kind of feel like maybe this shit was getting a little ridiculous? Like at what point do you finally have to admit like, all right, how many excuses can I make for this guy before I just say this is kind of fucked up? This yeah. is kind of stupid. Whatever. So I don't know. But he's out. Who knows who's going to... I mean, the reality is also he might not be out because he requested a trade. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not really... I mean, if no, final... one, no one picks him up, like, what happens? Well, at that point, it's almost, it's like it's like highly unlikely that he winds up playing for us next season because, like somebody's gonna want to take up that trade deal you know there's 31 other teams in the league he is you know really truly one of the top quarterback quarterback prospects the only issue is he thinks he's a number one prospect so it's a battle between number one or number two three four is really what we're talking about and there's going to be a team that's going to be willing to give up a lot to get him so it's pretty much set in stone that he won't be playing here. And also, I think it would be an interesting uh, thing to see if by some chance he does still wind up playing for us next year, how he's received by the fan base. Yeah. How many people were just kind of just kind of checked out and were like, you know what? Like, I really didn't fuck with the way you handled that. And like now I kind of like, I don't feel the same way about you this year as I did last year or the year before that. You got to wonder. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's definitely not the golden child anymore. He's definitely not the golden child uh, more importantly, the Orioles baby opening day. We all wanted a team that uh, is competitive, 
But we also love having a team that's not because then you can go to opening day for just like 30 bucks. Yeah. And this yeah, year... The, the tickets are cheap when they suck. Yeah, and this year they're not cheap because last year... Well, that's because of inflation. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. Our record might have been inflated last year too. But we barely didn't make the playoffs last year. We had a good run towards the end of the season. We're bringing a lot of those guys back. We have a lot of promise as a team. I legitimately think we could I think we're I think we have a very good case for at least the playoffs if not winning the pennant. I don't know enough about baseball to say for sure, but we're definitely going to be competitive this year unlike many years past. And it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, people people forget that as recently as 2000 I want to say 17 or 15 at the earliest, we went to the American League Championship Series. That's the game before the World Series. Like, mm. it's pretty fucking good. We were one of the top four teams in Major League Baseball less than a decade ago. And, you know, so it's really not out of the realm of possibility that we could make that kind of run again. Uh, but unfortunately, that also means that for the one millionth year straight, I will not be at opening day because tickets are like $130 fucking dollars for like standing room. It's like, really? Come on. I, w- I wanted to get like a whole crew. Damn, dude. If if only you put pickles in a different bracket standing, oh, they would have you- sweeped it, gone all the way to the end. We would have gone down there, befriended the owners had the booze belt bash conveniently during the fucking opening, opening day. day they slide us some fucking vip box tickets yes. under the table yeah we get to as sit payment on the- for rigging the bracket <laughs> ideas for next year perhaps <laughs> we sit on the roof of pickles and watch With the game binoculars. through a periscope one of those fucking really long submarine periscopes yeah. <laughs> just looking down you're like looking out in the field they hit a home run and just knocks our periscope <laughs> and i missed it <laughs> what a deal good thing we rigged the bracket this year for this <laughs> fucking eight thousand foot periscope <laughs> now yeah uh yeah i was thinking the same thing i think what i'm really gonna do this year is just uh the old-fashioned way i think i'm gonna go to pickles before the game mm-hmm. be part of the scene and and pickpocket a couple tickets pickpocket <laughs> pickpocket at pickles dude i like that <laughs> I th- and then and then you know when when everybody heads out to the game, I think I'll just maybe cruise in the Fed, mm. and just be like Fed Hill is where you want to be on a game day, and obviously you know not every Orioles home game counts as a game day because it's like I mean it's technically a game day, but like they play eighty one home games a year, it's not exactly an occasion, but like opening day is absolutely a known thing that a lot of people are a part of, whether they're at the game or just around the game Mm -hmm. and uh yeah fed i think going there honestly i would argue that being at a bar uh is better like being at a bar in fed like around the stadium during a a big game is perhaps especially for the cost to value ratio Mm -hmm. perhaps better than actually attending the game yeah there have been several times where like People have been like, you know, friends of ours have been like, yo, we have like two tickets, whatever. Like every now and then, like the only time I've really ever gone to a Ravens game is when somebody magically has tickets. Like that's really the only time I go Um, because I don't care enough 
to like spend $180 on a ticket. Yeah, because when you watch it on TV, it's better. It is better. Like, you get the stats pop up on your screen, the fucking name card for the player pops up, so you're not like, who the fuck is number 29? Like, I don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah, and you have a guy, as much as people hate on commentators, like, they are kind of important. Yeah. They really do kind of keep you up to speed. Like, if you're just kind of, like, casually watching a game... Also, half the time when you're watching a game live at the stadium or wherever the fuck, you're watching little ants walk around on a fucking giant grass field. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know which ant is which. And then something happens, and then what do you do? You watch the replay on the TV in the stadium, you're like, oh, thank God. And it's like, dude, I could have been doing this all the time. Yeah. I could just be watching this on a big TV. It mothers or something. Mm -hmm. Like, when you factor in, especially for a Ravens game, hundred two hundred dollars for a ticket and i say this all the time but m&t bank stadium the raven stadium you know i always say there's no bad seats at oriole park camden yards there are no bad seats the cheapest possible seat you still feel like you're like in the game you don't feel like you're in a nosebleed it's really well done it is still to this day one of the best stadiums in the league um and i think it, at a certain point it was the best when it first was built in the 90s m&t bank there are absolutely bad seats. Oh, there's terrible seats. If you're up in the top... There's terrible, like, boxes. It's, yeah, it's just... Like, people are paying stupid money to, like, have a terrible box seat. I'll be in, like, a corner behind all the rafters and, like, the nosebleeds. Yeah. And it's like, I'm paying money for this. Yeah, it, it's 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 more money than I think it's worth. I think that a lot of... It, it's like, then you factor in, not only did you just pay $200 to go... And not really even be as in the game as you would be if you're you were still watching, watching the TV. Yeah, but also it's like if you want to like drink and have a good time, you're talking like nine dollars a beer, easy. It's like the cost of getting in the door is already as much as you would pay to have like a phenomenal night out and fed, just like buying beers and bombs and shit and just watching the game, being surrounded by people and shit like that. And then it's like, okay, so now I just spent that amount of money just to get in the gate, and now I'm about to spend that amount of money again and have to, like, leave the game, walk out, wait in a line for fucking 45 minutes to get a beer. It's like, and then have them tell you, oh, you can't buy more than one per person at a time, and everyone that you're buying a beer for, like, it's like everyone has to be present that you're buying a beer. It's like, what? Mm -hmm. Really? This is so, so now my whole row has to leave if we went another round. We can't just send one guy and take turns like, hey, all right. It's like, I think they, I think they limit it to like two beers per person. Yeah. So it's like if I'm with four people and we're taking turns buying rounds because we don't all want to miss the game at once, you can't do that. You got to send, it's just like, whatever, like. I yeah. Know. I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. But you already, like, you got to worry about fucking people getting too drunk at games anyway. Like, let alone, you know, people buying for underage people or people who have been cut off or whatever. It's hard to limit a big thing like that. It's good points. It's good points for why they do it, but also great points for why I don't participate. Yeah. Great points for why I go to a bar and there's never a question. I walk into a bar. They don't even card me. They don't even, yeah. (laughs) They don't even card me. Ever since I got this. (laughs) Ever since I got this. Oh, you want to see some identification? How's that for identification, baby? <laughs> like you walk up, let me get thirteen bombs. They don't ask any questions. No. Who you you giving this to a four year old? They don't fucking care. 
<laughs> Put it in a sippy cup. I feel like a four-year-old could drink a bomb. If oh, yeah. Bombs are dangerous. Well, they're like vapes. Vapes are like the fruity, like mm. like a, a 12-year-old can't really smoke a cig, but they can hit a vape. Oh, yeah. You gotta be an adult they don't, to really... Why, like, yeah, they're making bombs out of like those huggy juice bottles. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of course they're trying to sell that to kids. They have like fucking baby bottle pop bombs. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Put a fucking... A little sucker in there. <laughs> a little pacifier. <laughs> Who is this marketed yeah, to? Fucking Barney on the cup. Huggy like. bombs and nobles. <laughs> this is marketed to. <laughs> hey, a fucking breast milk oh, bomb. A fucking like Thomas the Tank Engine <laughs> choo-choo kachoo bomb. <laughs> I think I can. Look at a binky bomb. <laughs> I'm only four, but I think I can get this bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah shouts out to the raven shouts out to the hoes the orioles um what what's up with you this week dude what's going on um i've just been busy i've been traveling uh i was down in georgia doing a lot of like outdoor videos um we one of the days we kind of like had to fuck around near helen georgia for a while because it was raining Mm-hmm. Um, and we ended up at the the Cabbage Patch Memorial Hospital, Babyland. Nice. Were they baby selling bombs Land, there? USA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're selling bombs. Baby bombs. Some baby bombs out there. Um, no, it was the weirdest place I've ever been to. So it's this giant old plantation, and it says Babyland on the outside. <laughs> and you like go up. There's a bunch of like lawn ornaments of just like cabbage patch heads popping out of like cabbage leaves all like in plaster and they're littered all over the property because i assume part of the cabbage patch lore is these babies just popped out of the ground Hmm. and now your kids have to raise them so you go to this hospital and they make every person there wear like nurse outfits and you're supposed to go there with your kid um to get them their Cabbage Patch Kid. Mm-hmm. And they literally go to like a delivery room. They they have like a little like NICU unit where they have like the babies behind a glass wall to be like, oh my God, it's in there. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> and you're supposed to get like your birth certificate and all this shit from the, for your Cabbage Patch Kid. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's just a big store. It's like their, base, like their big, you know, main store. Uh, very Christmas themed. Mm-hmm. Because I assume it's a, you know, you get that for Christmas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the weirdest thing was the wall of like celebrities and autographs they had leading into the whole store. Like there was a tunnel of just like Jack Nicholson, fucking uh, Bill Clinton, Michael Jackson, Donald Trump. (laughs) All these adding up. Literally like, I guess, because Cabbage Patch Kids was huge. Mm-hmm. I think people don't remember that because we that wasn't really our generation. We kind of had the garbage pail kids, but we were on like the tail end of that. Yeah, and they're not even related. Yeah, not that was even, just like not you nearly know, nearly as a name either. That was just like scary movie to scream. Like yeah. they're not related. They're not in the same franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, got to hang out at Babyland USA. Uh, we pulled up to it really excited because we thought the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile was out front, but it turned out to be the Planters Nut Mobile. <laughs> not quite. Doesn't <laughs> not hit the, the same. same. Does not hit the same. I was all. hoping to get a nice little hot dog. All I got were some peanuts. Mm. 
I'm triggered by Oscar Mayer Wiener. For for those of you who know, I my first ever singing competition was when I was three years old, mm-hmm. competing for the Oscar Mayer Wiener uh, s- song singing contest, and uh, I lost. Mm. I really did lose. And uh, I wish there was like some type of documentation of that performance. <laughs> I was like, I remember being kind of uh, bummed that I lost. Like it's even at first, like time you ever got upset. Yeah, exactly. That sucks. It was wild, dude. I I want to know who won that. Yeah, whatever happened to that kid? That kid who was the Oscar Mayer winner. Probably mm. a good. Probably it's Charlie a, Puth now. <laughs> <laughs> and that kid turned out to be Katy Perry. <laughs> wow. Wow. Babyland USA, dude. Babyland USA was crazy. Um trying to think of crazy shit. Not much crazy happened. Liv touched down just in Georgia. Georgia at the same day you left. Really? She flew into Atlanta. It was nice. It was nice when we were leaving. When we got to Georgia early in the week, like we got there Sunday. First shoot was Monday morning. It was like 22 degrees. Did you fly into Atlanta? Yeah. Or do they have, other, I guess, Savannah's like another big one down there, right? Yeah, Savannah's big. We're, we're mainly like, uh, we're right outside of Atlanta for the most part. And then we're kind of up by the Tennessee border for one of the shoots. We're over to the right near like South Carolina for another. And then mainly out of Atlanta for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, checked out some nice nature stuff. Saw Tallulah Gorge. Saw all these, like, cool waterfalls and shit. Um, You know, it was nice to just be outside, connect with nature. And where are you flying tomorrow? Felt like I was, uh, you know, working out all week, basically, and getting tanned up. Tomorrow? I'm not flying anywhere tomorrow. I just have a shoot in D.C. pretty early. Flying into D.C., baby. Flying into D.C. In the fucking Explorer. That's amazing. Um, you mind if I take a quick sponsor break real quick? Take no, a do it up. Guys, this episode of Live from the Studio Podcast is brought to you by all of our die-hard ride-or-die fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, it's actually brought to you by... Ah, fuck. I didn't get the mic close to my ass quick enough. I just farted. Um, but to be honest, guys... No no sponsor this week. Just keep an eye out on the stories. Keep an eye on the bar bracket. We're in the Elite Eight right now. I'm not sure when this podcast is coming out, but voting is going to be closing later this evening. Uh, and then, you know, we're down to the Final Four. And you know what's after that? Terrible twos. The finals. Who do you have winning? Who do you have taking it all? Who are you voting for? Are you going for, do you like the underdog? Do you like the overdog? How many dogs do you have in this race? Are they boiled? Are they grilled? Are they fried? Tune in next week on Live from the Studio to find out. I did a little tune in next week, and I figured you just cut back in to when we start back up. <laughs> I, oh. I I was trying to do the Bubba Gump thing of talking about how many you know how many ways you can cook a dog, but 
Like a hot dog. Yeah, a hot dog. Okay. Not a real dog. Yeah, you fucking psycho. Wow. Holy cow. I canola. said steamed, grilled, fried, boiled. Blanched. Blanched. A blanched, blanched dog. dog. <laughs> Can't forget microwave. It's quickly warmed. Can't forget a nuked dog. Nuked dog, yeah. Arguably one of the worst ways nuke to do Nuke your dogs. It. Yeah. Can't, yeah. You can't nuke a dog. Yeah, I go I go hot dog uh, on one of those fucking like roaster things is number mm. one. I don't know what that's called. Roasting on a spick. A spit? Spick? Whatever the Not rolling. No, no, don't roast it on that. That's going to get us canceled, buddy. Uh, uh, spit? Well, like a 7-Eleven roller? Yeah, yeah, one of those. So that's, not, that's not really a spit. I guess a, a spit would be like like a rotisserie, you know, type device. Uh, I'd see like a chicken on. Okay. I think, aren't they just, are they just called like rolling trays? Roast on a roller. A roller? Yeah. I like those. A rolled dog. A rolled dog. And then, of course, you got the classic boiled in hot dog water, which sounds mm-hmm. worse than it is. No, it's sometimes it's one it's of the way best. To fucking go. You boil the dog, you steam the bun. Mm-hmm. Nothing like a steam bun, by the way. Let me let me check. Make sure, I had a couple things I wanted to discuss here. Podcast notes. Um. Oh, I need to talk about March Madness. Unfortunately, sports wise. Yeah. Um. You know, since this has been a very sports heavy cast. Considering that the barber racket I consider a sport. Yeah. But uh drinking ar- is a sport. Yeah. Arguably one of the other uh very popular brackets going on, so I hear is the NCAA March Madness college basketball division one tournament. Um now this is uh uh something that I've been thinking for a while. Uh currently the final four of March Madness, uh, every single number one seed in the tournament, because they actually, believe it or not, run it exactly like the bar bracket is run with 64 teams. And I consider it to be one of, if not the fairest uh, NCAA competitions for the national championship, because they truly do go through the top 24 teams I mean, top 64 teams, and everybody gets a chance. Now, you compare that to football, where for the longest amount, first of all, when it almost doesn't even enter the equation, but at first, you know, when football was barely a sport, I think the first ever college football season was like 1869 or something ridiculous, uh, where they just kind of, there was like four teams, like just like the Ivy League teams, like Princeton, Yale, shit like that. And like whoever was better between like those three teams is like the national champion. And I think the first year was like both of them because they were like, well, they played twice and they each won a game and then they just didn't play the last game. That's some very 1870s Yeah, I mean, that's back when they were like picking up cherries with their butt cheeks and trying to cross (laughs) the finish line. Yeah, it was a a different... like tying a knot with the stem in their mouth. A lot of rules have changed in football since... Doing some wacky shit back then. 1870. Some skull and crossbone shit. So you almost can't count that. But for the vast majority of college football history, um, you would play the whole season and then the selection committee would just decide who was the top two teams and they would just make that the championship game. And so you'd play a whole season. And I remember the first time I really came into contact with this was I was in high school and there was a team, I want to say it was like Utah or Utah State or like some 
team that's not typically considered like a power player, but they went undefeated Mm -hmm. that season. And then they weren't selected or didn't really have any way of getting into the championship because, again, it's just people decide who's the top two teams and then they play for the championship and they just tell you, okay, you're playing some other games. So it's like, and Mr. Yaska said, well, what's the point of their season then? And I thought that was a good, it stuck with me. Obviously I'm 30 years old now. And he said that in passing 50 years or 50 years ago, (laughs) 15 years ago, 60, years, 60, 50, 60 years ago. Now that I think about it. Um, and I remember thinking like, yeah, that's true. It's like no matter how well you play, you will never have a chance at becoming a championship team because they're just going to go like, well, the weight of their schedule and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, okay, that's all well and good. But like there has to be some avenue to going further when you go undefeated and nobody beats you. And then if that avenue stops at, at a 13-member committee just being like, yeah, but like, Bama, it's Alabama versus Clemson again. It's like, okay, great. So I guess we'll just continue to be a dominant football team and never have a chance at ever winning a championship. Um, so I always thought that was flawed. Just recently, they moved to, uh, not recently, but relatively recently, considering we started this conversation in the year 1869. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So a couple a couple days ago. Yeah. AKA the, you know, 2010s. Yeah, the 2010s. <laughs> literally. In the mid-2010s, early to mid-2010s, they finally moved to a four-team playoff for the college football championship. So they just take the top four teams in college football, and they have a two-week thing where, okay, one plays four, two plays three, and then the winner of those two games plays for the championship. A little bit more fair, but still... It's It's only four out of, like, however many. A hundred and fucking... 80 something maybe more yeah. give or take uh division one football teams in the country and it's like all right like you could make the case that like maybe you know you kind of have an idea of who's going to be the champion it's just kind of comes down to like four teams you could mm-hmm. make that case until you consider that this year in the elite eight we're in the elite eight right now not a single number one seed in that tournament made it to mm-hmm. the Elite Eight. There's only one number two seed in it currently. Uh, actually, I don't even know about that. Who did Texas beat? Who did Texas just play? One second. Let's see. Texas Longhorn. I know for a fact that Florida Atlantic was a ninth seed. And ninth seed, now this is, they they section off the seeds in four 16 seed brackets. So in reality, a nine seed is actually like a 36, 37 seed, something like that. Mm-hmm. So currently in the final four, we have a team that is technically a 36, 37, 38, 39th ranked team. Yeah. If this was a 32 team bracket, they wouldn't even They have wouldn't been even included. be in it. Exactly. Yeah. They wouldn't even be in it. So it's like when you consider that, it's like, okay, well, how many times if it was done like college football is, then the the bracket would have been four teams. It would have been Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue. And all four of those teams are out right now. So wow, it's almost like it's mirroring 
our bar bracket. It, it almost is like it's mirroring <laughs> our bar bracket. It's just kind of... Not it, to keep bringing it full circle. <laughs> you can't help but bring it full circle. Um, so I'm sure that's what everyone else is thinking. Too. I, I think that is what most people think. One the second. nation is thinking, wow, this is just like the live from the studio bar bracket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, I was wrong. Texas is not in. So the number one seed, the highest seeded team in the final four right now is a four seed, which is UConn, University of Connecticut. So in reality, that's like a 16 seed. Yeah. Followed by Miami, which is a five seed, which that would put them at like 20 something. Then you have um san diego state which was a six or a five seed i think as well and then florida atlantic like i said a nine seed so like 30 so not a single uh team in the ncaa basketball final four competing for the national championship is even a top 15 team Mm. and so when you think about it that way it kind of exposes just how flawed the way things have been run on the football side of things for so long. How many teams throughout the past 150 years of college football were the true team that could have won it all, that never got a chance? It almost calls into question if you can even give as much credence to the college football champions as you can the college basketball champions. Also, and I know what you're thinking... You're probably thinking, hey, Jim, this is what you're thinking. I know it. I know it. You're thinking, well, basketball and football aren't really comparable because in college football, the top teams are just so much more dominant than the lower teams that, like, it's really not the same thing. Like, sure, a top 25 team might be able to compete in college basketball, but the reality is if the number 25 football team in the country plays the number one football team in the country. They really don't have a chance, you know? And it's like, okay. But also, have you considered that maybe that is a result of exactly what I'm talking about? That for the past 150 years, the national champions have kind of been decided, all but decided, basically brought down to a 50-50 by the selection committee so that certain teams are kind of put into the championship game that may not have gotten there if they actually had to play their way through a bracket or something like that. And that that has kind of compounded into certain programs getting way more prestige, way more funding, and just allowing the competition level in NCAA football to become so much more lopsided than most other sports. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, everyone knows, like, why do they have college sports in the first place? It's to gain prestige for the school you know like alabama isn't necessarily known for their education not a lot of people are roaming around with a degree from alabama going like oh wow not saying that it's not cool to have a college degree but like there are certain schools that are known that you like kind of brag about it like i went to harvard alabama's not one of those schools Alabama is one of those schools that is a dominant football program, SEC school. You know you had a fucking blast of a time if you went there and did college, right? So that's why people go there. And so, like, a lot of these schools are able to have access to the number one recruits coming out of high school because of the prestige they've been able to build. And so over the course of 150 years, basically these certain schools have been able to just become so have been able to go so far away from the rest of the pack that yeah it is super lopsided and maybe you're correct that it isn't really the same comparison to say 
a top 30 team versus a number one team has a chance. But that's kind of the whole point is that needs to change. And I'm glad that, uh, um, I'm glad that next, not next year, but the, the season after next year, uh, they are moving to a 12 team playoff, which I think is a great start. So basically, uh, the top four teams get a buy and then the bottom eight teams play it out. The the four winners of that play the four teams that got a buy, and then it goes down to the championship. That is the way you want to do it. That is yeah, truly the way you want to do it. It's awesome. Because you already know the top teams are getting to the finals, for the most part. For the most part, yeah. But that's the At beauty. At least they're not going out first round. That's the beauty of playing the game, is that at the end of the day, the champions should be, should be determined by the teams and by the players, not by a 13-member committee just deciding who's going to do this, which leads me to just one final thing on the subject, which is... uh, That's the beauty of the bracket. It's the beauty of the bracket. Anybody, anything can happen. It's who rises to the occasion that day. And that is the true metric of a champion. If you're trying to determine the champion, then you have to incorporate certain intangibles. If we just wanted to base the champion off of well, who had the best regular season record? Who had the most dominating regular season performance? It's like, okay, we could do that and just on a stat sheet go like, well, this team had the best point differential. They did this. They did that. They had the toughest schedule. So they're the champions. But we don't do that. We play a game. Why? Because, you know, no matter how dominant of a team you are, for instance, in the NFL, you still have to go and play two to three other teams just to get to the Super Bowl, and then you have to win that game too to be the champion. It's not enough to just be 15 and one, fifteen and two in the regular season and just be like, we're the champs. Yeah, We have the best record, so we are the champions. It's like, no, because there's so many other intangible things like, you know, like a team that's able to fucking come together in the home stretch and get hot at a certain time where another team might flounder out and not rise to the occasion. That is the true mark of a champion. That's the way things should be. Uh, Pat Downey, prolific Baltimore uh, County wrestler, uh, third in the American Olympic trials, most recent run, now in Bellator MMMA, 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 mixed martial martial arts, <laughs> uh, coming off a, a tragic loss, unfortunately, uh, but he's going places, trust me. He made a post denoting, denoting, is that the first time I ever said that on the podcast? Let's Word see. of the day. Let's check the stats. Um, that uh, that it was the lowest viewership of the NCAA finals in wrestling finals in the past like five years. Now, granted, the viewership of the NCAA college wrestling finals has generally trended up, which is a good thing for the sport. However, this past year, it was not as great. There's a lot of factors that play into that. A, Spencer Lee at 125 going for his fourth national championship, becoming the fifth or sixth ever in NCAA history to win four, five or six or to win four national championships in a career in division one. He was upset in the semifinals, which is like crazy. And so he wasn't in it, even though that was supposed to be the main event because everybody was planning on him being the finals. He was just knocked out. People say he was injured, whatever. I'm sure he was. Uh, so that I kind of viewership a little, huh? Yeah, probably. Uh, however, shouts out to Yanni Diakamahalis. Guess what nationality he is? Greek baby. He, from Cornell, did win his fourth national championship uh, last weekend or however, how long ago that was. And uh, that's pretty sweet because one of the five nas- four-time national champs in college wrestling is a Greek guy. It's not me. 
but it's a Greek guy. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> Could have been. Could have been me. Could've there is a national champion. <laughs> <laughs> there is a national champion from Iowa. I don't think he was a four-time. He might have been, actually. I don't know. But he at least was a one-time. Jim Zaleski. Ooh. Jim Zaleski was uh is considered one of the best Iowa wrestlers of all time. One of the best Iowa wrestlers of all time. Dude, if your family didn't switch up at Ellis Island, you could have had that last name. I could have had that last name. If your if your family back then didn't try to Americanize your Greek heritage, yeah, you could have been Jimmy Demetrius Zaleski. <laughs> I uh, actually managed to trick Liv on uh. Like, I think, like, our first or second date. I wasn't actually trying to run with it, but I just want to see if I could get her with it. I, she was like, oh, you wrestled? And I was like, yeah. I was like, good. You could Google me. Type in, you know, and I showed her. I was like, yeah, I was like a national champion. She's like, no way. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was me. That was me. 1978, that was me, baby. Yeah, that's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, oh, you're younger than I thought. Um, also, shouts out. I promise I would, and I should. Shouts out to Liv for this amazing... We didn't even mention oh, this. Sign, yeah. We didn't even fucking mention this. Yeah, we this. finally got it up. Yeah, it's hanging in the window. This is the best spot for it. Let me turn. Crank it down a little bit. Because when you go to your angle, go to your angle real quick. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, sorry. Glad we figured that out at the end of the show. Ah, whatever. That's good. It'll Shout be like out, that. Liv. That sign fucking rules. It's fucking awesome. Thank you so much. I'm talking to you like you're not my girlfriend. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. We love when fans send stuff in. <laughs> we love the fan mail. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, but I I, I was talking to, um, I wasn't talking to him. I, I commented in that thing and I said when he was posting about the whole like wrestling bracket and I was like, dude. What we really need to do, because he was saying all kinds of like, we need to get rid of headgear, like the fucking things. Like, this is podcast headgear, technically. Yeah, we need to get rid of headgear. Yeah, we need to get rid of headgear. Um, <laughs> it's ruining podcast. He's like, move to the two piece singlet. I was like, no, completely on the opposite side of that. I think yeah. two piece singlets just Dick stupid. And balls out. I want the. No singlet. I want the. Fucking, we want skins versus skins, baby. <laughs> skins versus skins, baby. <laughs> I want to do WWE with the fucking Stone Cold Steve Austin underwear. I want Superman underwear in the fucking finals, dude. <laughs> No, I think the singlet is classic. It looks cool once you get over your whole thing. If you think it doesn't look cool, it it's it's signature of the sport. It looks dope. It is the most probably functional thing to wear other than nothing, which is how the ancient Greeks used to do it, unsurprisingly mm -hmm. for them. Uh, and uh, so I was completely on the opposite side of that. I also said, look, it was St. Patty's Day weekend. That probably isn't the case every year. It might happen every now and then, but like this year, St. Patty's Day was literally on a Friday uh st patty saturday obviously on a saturday it's like that's going to affect it also this is another thing that might happen every year but was a at least a factor this year is like there was like six march madness games for basketball which is obviously more popular sport on at the exact same time as the finals yeah so it's like all that stuff's going to cut in but my main thing was like dude what wrestling really needs to do is take note from other sports which is um all the top college sports are team sports. And there is a team element to wrestling. They have meets where like each weight class sends out their guy, they wrestle, and then you get points for how you fare in that match. But at the end of the season, they just completely ditch it, and then they determine the national champion basically based on the same kind of method I use for like the bar bracket, believe it or not, uh, which is like, you know, how each team from each, each person from each 
team fares in that thing and then you like tally up points but there's not really a team aspect to it it's like well penn state had like two first place guys a couple all americans it's like so they like tally out teams and then you'll tune into the score at like you know finals night and it's like well penn state is way ahead of the pack with 117.5 points iowa lagging pretty far behind at 87.0 it's like the average wrestling fan doesn't even care about that or or even understand uh, they understand it but they don't really give a shit mm-hmm. much less a person who's not a wrestling fan which you're trying to convert into a wrestling fan if you want to secure the future of the sport so like what you need is a team aspect. Like, yeah, the national tournament is obviously the most important thing to have the 32-man bracket per weight class, have guys be able to seek out their glory as a national champion or All-American or whatever, and then gain points for the team, which is cool. But it should really be, I'm pitching the name Matt Madness, uh, where you take the top 16 wrestling teams in the country and you make them go through a 16, a, a, a bracket just like March Madness, and you can actually definitively say the national wrestling finals, team finals are on tonight. Penn State is wrestling Iowa. Mm -hmm. That makes it easier for people to get into because not everybody, unless you're a person who actively follows wrestling, knows these individual people. Sure, if you talk to a guy who follows college wrestling, he's going to know or even MMA because there's a lot of crossover there. You know, like MMA is really kind of like the NFL for college wrestling. Like if you're going to pursue it, like there's obviously going into like pro Olympic, not pro wrestling, Mm -hmm. which I guess very few people do, but Olympic wrestling is a path. But the problem with that is like you literally have to be the number one person in your weight class in the country to even go to the Olympics. It's like, it's, it's a really a far stretch. So anybody who's just kind of like not the absolute best in their weight, you know, their only future realistically is to go into MMA and they have great success college wrestlers in the MMA. I think it's as a, as a fighting style, as a combat background, it's one, it's, is the most successful for, in terms of champions. Um, but unless you're a person who follows that shit, you don't know who RBY is, Spencer Lee, Yanni Diakamahalas, you don't know that shit. All you know is, you what people average person knows is oh shit the national finals on it's Penn State I'll watch anything that's the national finals I'll watch the national volleyball finals yeah. oh it's Nebraska versus uh, Omaha State okay oh, I'll watch are it. actually going to be competitive this time yeah <laughs> I'll watch it it's like dope okay I can get into that but they don't do that they just it's like you need that team element and I think that's the key there's so many events during wrestling season just like with football where like they literally have a three-week break before the national championship game for college football it's like hey guys imagine if we filled that whole month of december with i don't know playoffs instead of just taking a three-week break for no fucking reason so like yeah i think that's the best foot forward nobody cares about this again this topic was for me but uh yeah, wrestling, you need to have the team things. I want to see, you know, the goal of the NCAA is and should be appealing to a wider market and because that's the only way that you can keep interest in the sport up, keep new people coming into the sport. It's a great sport. It does great things for for, for young men, young women. And, uh, you know, keeping interest in it, keeping programs alive. And that all starts with you figuring out ways to make it more appealing to the viewer. And uh, I think that's a great start. Um, outside of that, uh, I guess two things, and I'll let you go here. 
So I know <laughs> it's you, all good. Yeah, I just need to. I need to go home in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, first thing, uh, weird synchronicity moment. It's kind of a sideways story. Just one of those things that like you remember. Uh, the other night, like randomly, I was like laying in bed, and like normally I'll like pop on a podcast or something, and just like listen to it. And then every now and then I'm like, you know what, like. Whatever happened to just like thinking, yeah. you know, like I feel like there is such a thing, you know, it's a cliche, but it is a true thing. Like I'm constantly just stimulating myself with some type of something. Somebody's always talking in my ear mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah, pod- just because I'm not trying to think. Exactly. So every now and then I do think it is very healthy to just kind of like be in your own head. And it, a lot of people don't want to be in their own head, including myself sometimes. And uh, but the other night I was like, you know what? There's nothing particular that I feel like listening to right now as I fall asleep. So I'll just fucking, like old school, just stare at the ceiling until I drift off. And for whatever reason, I just started randomly thinking about my childhood neighbors, TJ and Amber. Kids that lived on the street from me, older brother TJ, younger sister Amber was a year older than me. And uh, uh, I don't know why, I was just thinking about like when they moved away when I was in elementary school. And I was like crying and like very upset when they moved away, even though they literally just moved to like another part of Towson. Yeah. They like probably they, moved like three blocks away. They literally did. You're it, like, I'm never going to see them. They again. went to the same high school. I never did. No, I did. They went to the same high school. They went to Towson High School. It's oh. that close. <laughs> but like when you're in when you're in elementary school, you don't have a car or anything like if somebody moves off of your block. That's the equivalent of like somebody moving to a different city now. Yeah. It's not like I'm eight years old being like, oh, let's meet up in Canton. It's like, no, like you live a mile away that I'm never going to see you again, you yeah. know? And so I was just thinking about that and how like silly that was. And then uh, and the thought just like popped in my mind for no reason. Just thinking about them. I was thinking like, damn, what I even like, I wonder what like would I recognize them if I saw them now, you know, like obviously I, I would. Um, but I'm just thinking like, uh, you know, I'm trying to picture them in my mind, like what they looked like when I knew them. And, uh, I was thinking about these other neighbors I had, Elliot and Roman, who I like kind of knew, but not really. And like, I was like kind of friends with them and then they moved away. And I remember like one day, like a year later, one of them was in my dream and I was like 10 and I was like, I'm calling them up. And I just like called up their house phone mm-hmm. and was like, Hey, and the older brother Roman picked up. I was like, Hey, it's Jimmy. And he was like, Hey, and I was like. Just calling to say what's it was like you people did that back then. Yeah. Not necessarily at 10. No. But like people did that. It was like I still remember like probably how weird he thought that was. But mm-hmm. like I legitimately was like, just want to see what's up, dude. You know, I couldn't text him. I couldn't. There was no Facebook or anything. It was like, I don't know what's going on unless I fucking call this motherfucker. You know? Yeah. Calling a house phone is so crazy to me. It's something that that will never. Just no, praying the right. The person you wanted to talk to picks up. Yeah. No. I'm not trying to like talk to their parents to be like, can you put them on the phone? <laughs> please pick up. Please pick up. No. No. Not the mom. So I was thinking about all that, mainly about TJ and Amber. Next day, uh, I wasn't even supposed to have a gig that day. And then Mike Manos, amazing, believe it or not, needed a cover. Mm. And he goes, dude. Out of character. Out of character. I mean, if you're trying to wonder how just how off the wall this story is, (laughs) consider that for just a moment. Let that sink in. Mike Manos needed a cover. (laughs) And uh, he texted me. and and Shout out Mike Manos. Yeah, shout out Mike Manos, obviously. Um, And he was like, yo, can you cover for for me a perennial tonight? I was like, yeah, sure. And... uh, 
because I'm thinking like, damn, it's a slow month for me, whatever. And so I pick up the shift and I go in and it's like the first time I played there in like forever because I used to do the Tuesdays and now that they scaled that back for the winter and stuff. So like it's the first time I've played there in like three months. And I'm like, oh shit, like where you been? I'm like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I'm setting up and I'm playing. And then on one of my breaks, I'm just kind of like walking around the rooms because they have like different speaker levels for each room. I'm just making sure the sound is right in each section. Mm-hmm. I'm walking around and I just hear somebody go, hey, Jimmy. And I look over and it's fucking Amber. Mm. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I literally said to her, I was like, I was, I was just thinking about you last night. I don't know how that came off. <laughs> but I was staring at my ceiling thinking of you last night. I was laying in bed naked. With no no white noise, no nothing. Just me. Just me and my thoughts. And you. <laughs> and my thoughts. No, her husband was there. There three or four kids or something. Like it wasn't. It was like like I just thought it I kept thinking about how like kind of funny that could yeah, have been no. just like yeah, how that yeah. might have come off but it was the truth no, yeah. i literally was just thinking about you last night it's not like and that, that's what's, some universe what's cra- exactly and it's like it's like okay so think of all the different steps that had to play into this like first and foremost i had to last night for whatever reason break out of my normal routine of listening to podcasts and falling asleep and just instead stare at the ceiling which i rarely do anymore and then that thought of you pops in my mind the next day, you're not even supposed to be at that gig. I'm not even supposed to be at that gig. Somebody texts me two hours before and goes, yo, can you pick up this gig? And it's a place I haven't played at in months. And I'm like, okay, sure. I show up and then you're there. It's like at a certain point, things like that, it's like, yeah, we talked about it where it's like, well, maybe it's just that like you only pay attention to when crazy shit like that happens. But in reality, stuff like that is bound to happen over the course of how many things happen on a day-to-day basis like okay fine great but at the same time there is an element of like when stuff like that happens the way i take it i always call it a wink from the universe it's like there's moments like that that kind of make you feel like this is where you're supposed to be Mm. and not in like a, a super woo woo spiritual like this is where i'm at like there's a certain thing that I feel when stuff like that kind of all lines up, they call it a synchronicity where like no matter every single thing, every single decision you've made, every single thing you've done, person you've met, whatever, and every single thing that person has done, blah, 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 they all lined up in this exact moment where you cross paths. And that is the case for everything, but very rarely do you actually notice it as like a thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's kind of when you notice it, like I said, like kind of like a wink to be like, hey, no matter what you think is going on in your life right now, like this is exactly where you're supposed to be in this moment, you know? And it just kind of like, I don't know, it just, I I, I don't feel like it's, I, I feel like it's important to not overlook those things. No, for you sure. You know, because we always kind of, walk through life wondering are we on the right path are we doing this are we doing that correctly and it's like well you really have no way of knowing there's so many possibilities but when certain things happen like that it makes you realize like like what i said to lucas the other night when i was telling lucas and dom about it, i was like you know reality is if you got everything you ever wanted if i got everything i ever wanted i'd be married to my uh kindergarten crush right now you know like i'd be playing for the what 
I'd be playing for the Ravens, which would be honestly dope. <laughs> so that's not a good example. But <laughs> I'd be rich. I'd be famous. I'd be, be have a successful married. music career. I'd be married. I'd, I wouldn't be a virgin. People would listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know, but I don't have any of those things. And that's because it's exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is exactly where we're supposed to be. I'm supposed to see my neighbor from childhood <laughs> happy with her family. <laughs> as That's I'm, where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> as I'm covering a shoot for Mike Manos, who's just making too much money, doesn't feel like playing this gig, and mm-hmm. I am broke, and I'm like, I will do it. <laughs> I will do it because this is exactly... This is where the universe wants me to <laughs> the be. The universe wants me at perennial right now. <laughs> this is where I was supposed to be, which leads me to the last thing, and I know we talked about this before the podcast, and I don't want to go too far into this, but it needs to be said. Um, I had a lot of thoughts about this. First of all, I want to say... Uh, thank you to our fucking ride and dies, Mike Romeo, Matt Brown, you're the fucking boys, anybody else who DM'd uh, fighting for our fucking uh, honor there, uh, other people that texted me personally, I'm sure maybe people talked to you about it, I don't know. Um, just want to give a shout out to our number one fan, Mayor Mowgli, the most important fucking guy oh, in God. Baltimore, the most important fucking guy in Baltimore, according to him. I have a lot to say, I'm not going to say a lot because honestly, I don't, I don't genuinely I don't think you should have said his name. I, I it's, you should bleep that shit out because like you're giving him what he wanted. No, 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 no. Because no. someone's gonna look that shit up and he's gonna get one more view on his page, and that's all he's doing it for. It's look at a certain point. At a certain point, I genuinely, like I said before the podcast, I thought about participating in the whole fuck i didn't really even think about participating in the whole like back and forth thing uh especially the way he's doing it um but there is an element element of me in the way i'm looking at the situation that i think on a certain level this kind of shit does need to be called out not to benefit them, and I don't think this is and giving also, them... let let's be clear with, like, you know, talking about people, you know, supporting us and DMing shit. Thank, everyone kept it very civiled from all the, you know, screenshots that were shared or whatever. Thank you for not fucking, you know, getting riled up or anything over us, because at the end of the day, we don't give a fuck. Well, look, I'd be... This motherfucker's look, overdosing on you know, 10,000 followers on Instagram. It's like, look, I, I am man enough to admit that for a small period of time, I had like a slight PD, PTSD triggering of the last time somebody tried to like cancel me. And it made me feel like anxious. And then I went to a point where I was like angry, like pissed off, like, shortly after i would say after about a half an hour because it is kind of like it is takes you off guard when somebody just reacts that way you know i'm not going to sit here and try to pretend like dude i'm just so unbothered by it's like no like i was feeling a certain way and then i got angry and then about 2 a.m last night when i got tagged in my no exaggeration 17th or 18th post it just started to become embarrassing and then I woke up this morning 
And it was like one or two more. And I was just thinking, you know, I said this to Matt earlier. And I was saying, people don't become themselves the moment you meet them. We just came across this guy last week. This guy has been this guy his entire fucking life. And everyone that follows him knows you can do a brief sweep through his fucking page and see that his entire fucking shit, even though you're supposed to be this fucking uplift the city, fucking spread positivity, build up the blah, blah, support local. All you do, all you do from the moment you comment on our fucking bracket is fucking spread negativity and hate and use beef to raise your own fucking numbers and bully fucking people into fucking submission and fucking try to intimidate people by, oh, I'm going to blow you up to my 11,000. Who gives a fuck, dude? Who honestly gives a fuck? You know, and the reality is I'm in a good position because I don't really have much to lose to just say, okay, dude, post, uh, post our fucking reels. I posted them for a fucking reason. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, I did some crazy detective work. Turns out if you go on LFTS's page and scroll three rows down, there's a... They posted this video. Yeah, they posted this. (laughs) Yeah, guess what? Oh, I found a Facebook post. Yeah, I posted that, dude. (laughs) I fucking posted that. Jesus Christ, man. It's fucking embarrassing. It's legitimately embarrassing. The beauty of this whole situation is you did all the work for us. You did all the work for us. Yeah, thanks for, you know, getting our names out there, I guess. Thanks for sharing the podcast page. Yeah. You know, the At, the, yeah. the views have been up. Yeah, make sure to follow this guy for nonstop LFTS content. It's constant, baby. Yeah, he's kind of a fan page at this it, point. It literally is. 24-7 <laughs> LFTS content, dude. It's like, words of the wise, for your next endeavor, next time you get in a fucking beef with somebody, which apparently is very often... Um, probably stop after seven cheers because at a certain point you start to truly look like we're in your fucking head, dog. Yeah, especially after I like I didn't post shit. The podcast page didn't post shit. I think you you posted about the first time he shared something, mm-hmm. just as like a you know I'm not fucking an idiot. Yeah, but like, bro, you look so weird. Like, you look weird, and everyone looks at you weird because yeah. of that. And, you ex- and we've had a lot of people telling us that. Yeah, and you expose your kind of like, I somebody used the word God complex a while back describing somebody else, and it comes to mind. It's this kind of like inflated sense of ego where it's like, like you're looking at it's like, oh, you don't want that smoke with me because I can fucking destroy you if I blow up. It's like, dude, you're a nobody in the grand scheme of yeah, things, we're both just nobodies. Like, us. like you don't have the keys of the fucking city, dude. People fuck with us. People fuck with you. I guarantee you, if you've been conducting yourself the way you have in the past twenty four hours for the for the majority of your life, probably more people fuck with us on a real level. And probably anybody that doesn't fuck with you is too afraid to fucking tell you because a you'll fucking block them, or b you'll fucking post their DMs to the fucking thing and try to blow up their spot and try to bully them out of fucking going it. It's like it's it it's like. Like I said, I didn't want to spend too much time on this because it's not worth the fucking energy. And honestly, if if I'm being honest, last night and fucking all day today, I was really kind of planning on going in. And I got to tell you, there's nothing like three beers to just kind of just fucking just all of a sudden I was like, you know what I really want to talk, I want to talk about the fucking bar bracket. Yeah. I want to talk about stupid, silly shit like we've always fucking done. And I don't want this fucking guy to fucking direct the path of what the fuck we're doing because that's exactly what he thinks he can do. And it's not, it's not the case, dude. So 
There's going to be some other fucking righteous cause that he's going to be brown nosing after in like the next couple of days. So, I mean, I think we just do what we're doing. Ignore it. Make him look like a screaming fucking maniac and yeah. just move yeah. on with our lives. Yeah. Everyone's seeing and just being like, wow, this guy is unhinged. Unhinged. <laughs> unhinged. Unfucking hinged. Sociopathic behavior, if you ask me. But that's just me. I'm no doctor. But uh, yeah, anyway, that's all All I will probably ever say about that, hopefully. Um, other than that, guys, literally other than that, great fucking past two weeks. Yeah. Great fucking past two weeks. This is episode 302. We're rolling. We're rocking. If you're not, move over or get the fuck out of the way. It's that simple. Any plugs? Um, nah. We, I think we said it all. At Eric Laser on everything, at Jamie Celeste on everything, at LFTS Podcast on everything. You already know, boys. Till next Keep week. It's lazy. Peace. Peace.